Welcome to another powerful message recorded live at Christ Encounter Ministries in Longabon. We trust that you'll be truly encouraged and blessed by this message. Family, can everybody just give all our listeners and watchers a warm welcome? So family, before we start, can, can I get out of the way and allow the Holy Spirit to, to teach you? Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. It's all behind us. Father, thank you so much for this incredible opportunity. The massive responsibility that I have in teaching your children. Father, Father, I am not equipped to do this. You are the teacher. I am the messenger. I bind everything in me that will try to steal your glory. Father, how could I take the glory? I know where I was when I found you. I'm nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. Everything that is accomplished is for your glory. Father, you saved me for this moment. So, Spirit of the living God, speak to your children. I become less, you become more. According to Matthew 10, verse 20, Speak through me, Holy Spirit. Be glorified today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Family, say this from a position of faith. So, I declare, I declare that my heart is receptive, that my spiritual ears are open to receive only that which you, Holy Spirit, are saying to me today. Amen. Do you believe it? Say this. Say, Spirit of the living God, speak to me. I am listening. Amen. So family, we were teaching a very powerful series called Faith to Make It. I think we were on part eight. Because how many of you know that the whole world dynamic has changed? Amen. The natural order of things is not going to cut it anymore. Isaiah said, unless you have great faith to stand, you're not going to have a leg to stand on. But as we've been teaching on that series, the Lord really directed me into a different direction. So we are teaching on this two-part series, and it's titled, Why Are Things Just Not Working Out? And you know, I've, I've asked God this very question so many times, right throughout this journey of life. And I've learned so many valuable lessons and even now, recently, I went before the Lord and I asked this very question. And the messages in this title is what the Lord has shared with me. So today, <clears throat> I have a very, very powerful revelation that I'd like to share with you. But I had to build a foundation first. Because if I don't build a foundation first, it could come across in the wrong the wrong way. So I need you to just, just bear with me, just hang with me, and let's hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. So now last week we discussed how many of you listened to last week's teaching, things to make it, uh, why are things just not working out? Just close your hands. How many of you did? Can I see your hands? I just want to know from the perspective of teaching. Okay. So, family, how many of you agree that they need to listen to that message? Yes. Amen. It's a very powerful message, family. 
you really, really need to listen to that message. And unfortunately, there might be parts in this message that might not make entire sense to you because it's very much built on the platform of last week. So if there's anything that doesn't quite gel with you, listen first to the first part. Amen? Last week we discussed that living a life of purposeful sin and not fully committed to God will, will really and definitely prevent things from working out. Amen? Can we not just keep it real? Amen? So in order to access the grace of God, there are conditions that need to be met. You see, the grace of God is free, but it is conditional to obedience. You simply can't live life with one foot in and a one foot out attitude and expect the blessings of God to flow. Because listen to this statement very carefully. If you did, and God had to pour out the blessings upon you, it would destroy you. Amen? You see, family, because the blessing of God, now, there are very many things that we might pray for. So listen, why are things just not working out? It could be relationships, it could be um, health, but predominantly it's got to do with the financial realm. Can we, can we agree upon that? Most people are saying, well, why are things just not working out financially, economically, and from a business perspective? Amen? So, we're just going to look at that angle this morning, but it's, it's all very relatable. So, we are going to look at why are things not working out from a prosperity perspective? Now, family, if someone experiences great prosperity or financial wealth, listen carefully, it will cause what is in your heart to be amplified. Right? If you have greed, greed will be amplified. Amen? If you have pride, pride will be amplified. And this, we can talk about rebellion, we can talk about arrogance, we can talk about all of these things. Wealth will amplify what is in your heart. Amen? And if your heart attitude is not right, the amplification of those factors in your life will bring you destruction. It will destroy your life. Amen? We can see there's very many rich people that are poor, poor in life. They are uh, um, just messed up people. They don't look happy. Marriages are messed up. Life's messed up. Wealth cannot bring peace. Amen. So now, there's no doubt. Now listen to me, family. There's no doubt that God wants to bless His children. There is no doubt in that. God, in fact, wants to make you very, very rich. Right? Proverbs 10 verse 2, which is our first scripture, scripture, says this. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no trouble to it. You see that? He adds no trouble. He's not going to amplify the trouble. 
the blessing of the Lord will make you financially rich. That's what that word rich means. Amen. It's not rich spiritually. Money. Amen. <laughs> but family, God will only manifest His blessings in a pure heart. So that the pure, godly qualities are amplified. If a heart that is not grounded and rooted in generosity, humility, obedience and commitment to the kingdom of God, if it's not grounded in that, it's not grounded in the soil of prosperity. You can do what you want. You can put the scriptures on your letterheads. You can put the scriptures on your business. You can do what you want. God's not interested in it. He's interested in your heart, family. There's so many people that I see that live in moral lives, but yet now all of a sudden they start a business and say, look, if I acknowledge the Lord in all my ways, He will bless me. No. No, no, you've missed it. Amen. If the heart attitude is not right, He is not going to, He loves you too much to bring destruction into your life. You must never ever forget this lesson I'm teaching you today. God blesses His people not for selfish gain. He blesses His people to be a blessing. The definition of godly prosperity is being blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Let's just have a look at Ephesians 4 verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, let him work, let him work with his hand, because that is good. Why? That he may have something to give him who has a need. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11. You will be enriched in everywhere. How many of you want to be enriched in everywhere? Amen. Amen. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity, it will result in thanksgiving to God. Genesis 12 verse 2. I will bless you, says God. And I will make your name great. I will make you famous. And you will be a blessing. Now family, can I be brutally honest with you? Can I think that those two that said yes, stay, the rest of you just go out for a minute while I speak to those two. Amen? Can I just be like, like really honest with you guys? You see family, I'm going to touch on something that is a very deep subject. If you get convicted by this, it just means you haven't got a revelation of it. Okay? And you're just going to need a revelation of it. You just probably haven't been taught on this. But the greatest test of your stewardship or your trustworthiness with the blessing of God is seen first and foremost in your obedience to tithing and giving. Let it, I just want that to hang there for a moment. You see, family, because I can tell you now, if God can't trust you to give one red back on a hundred, He's not going to trust you with millions. Amen. Can we just keep it real here, family? Amen. You need to be 
proved faithful in the little so that you can be trusted in the much. That's simple. Blessed to be a blessing. Let me tell you, it's harder to tithe when you hit the million mark than it is with a thousand rand mark. I promise you. It's easy to give a rand on a hundred. It's difficult to give a hundred thousand on a million. Amen. Now imagine for a moment you held a party for the for the needy and the homeless kids. And you, you, you invited all the needy and the homeless kids and, and some of the kids from the affluent uh, areas came. And you had all of these kids there and you, and you have all of these sweets now that you want to distribute to all of these kids. So you select a few of the, of the, the kids that come from the homeless sector. You, you give the, the older kids some sweets and, and, and they've got humble hearts and they, they, they give generously and freely and they distribute it to everybody. But then you take a bag of sweets and you give it to one of the affluent kids and, and they start stuffing their pockets with it and shoving it in their mouths and, and maybe give like a, a, a frock, two, two sweets to the guys over there. And then, who are you going to trust with the sweets? Amen. You see, family, now listen to me. God wants to bless the selfish kids. He wants to bless the greedy kids. He wants to bless the humble kids. He wants to bless all of his children. Every single one. But this is the dilemma. Before you get to that point, that point where he starts to pour out the blessings upon you, you need to go through a bit of heart surgery. Amen? We need to get in there, cut out all of those things. That is blocking the blessings. And how many of you know that heart surgery can be a bit painful at times? Amen? So last week we tackled those who are not here today. We tackled all the other guys, not the guys watching or listening, the other guys in Revelation 3 verse 16 in the New Living Translation. Where Jesus says this, I know all the things that you do. That you are neither hot nor cold. Say this. Say, God judges, God judges my spiritual temperature, my spiritual temperature by, the things that I do. by the things that I do. So he's saying, I know all the things you do. That you neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. I wish you would make up your mind. If you're going to serve the devil, serve the devil. Do it well. If you're going to serve me, serve me. Do it well. Amen. Not interested in your 50-50. Not interested in being on the fence. Not interested in your not hot and not cold. Not interested in your lukewarm. But since that you are lukewarm, since that you are 50-50, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Wow. Say this. Enough. So family, it's quite obvious based upon this scripture that if the 50-50 Christians make Jesus nauseous, how many of you can agree that they're not going to experience the blessings of God? I mean, it's not quantum physics. Amen. Can we just be real about this? I'm trying to help you guys. Amen. So family, Let's do a little bit of heart surgery. Can I do a little bit of heart surgery with you guys? Just to help you guys. From a position of love. 
It's going to get better, guys. Can someone lock the doors there? I'm scared. <laughs> Some people are going to run out. Listen, you're on the surgery table. I'm cutting you now. I'm cutting you open. Don't run out until I've stitched you up. Okay. Amen. Hebrews 10 verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together. What's that? Church. Church. Like the 50-50, sorry, like some people do. <laughs> but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. Listen, if the day of his returning was drawing near then, how many of you know that it's like a whole lot closer? Amen. If they were worried and saying, listen, you've got to come to church. You need to be built up. You need to be under the shadow of the Almighty God. You need to be in His presence because it's time is short. Amen? How much more now? Amen? Family, time is short and times are tough. And unless you are 100% committed, you're going to have a really, really tough time until you are. Now, let me cut it a little bit deeper. And I'll ask you this question because many people say they can't come to church for various reasons. Time. You know, I can understand, I can understand time's an issue. I mean, especially, I mean, I run two businesses. One is international, one is construction. Time is a challenge, you know, but I still teach Bible college every Thursday. I still prepare a message for you and I'm young every Sunday. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? Amen. We've got to keep it real, family. Not here to play games and to adopt you and to cheer you on all the way to hell. I'm trying to rescue you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So now let me ask you this question. Maybe you don't have time, maybe you do, who knows. But if you knew Jesus would be at church every Sunday, if you knew Jesus Christ would be here every Sunday, would you be here? Yes. What's the problem? Because in fact he is. The Bible says, with two of them together, there are in the midst of them. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, don't bump church. Don't bump church. <laughs> so today, family, we're not going to look at the lukewarm Christians like we did last week. We're going we're gonna to look at the hot Christians. How many hot Christians are here today? There we go. We're not talking about the other guys today. We love you know, all you guys are like church, so you guys are like Christians. Now, family, now, I'm not, I'm not talking about those perfect Christians today. When I talk about the hard Christians that Jesus is talking, I'm not talking about those Christians, those perfect guys, those like super holy people. Amen. That, that you can see they like, they like, they're really, really, they holy. I'm not talking about those guys. Amen? Because you know what? There aren't any of those. I'm talking about those imperfect, messed up people like me who have made a decision to follow Jesus. All the way out of my mess. Are there any imperfect, messed up people here today? Raise your hands. Amen? Thank goodness, that was a that was a dodgy one. It was a, let's make sure I'm not, not, not all alone out there. Amen. Is he family? Because now listen carefully. When I met Jesus, I was coming out of drug addiction. I was coming out of a criminal life. Amen. I, I, I wasn't an angel overnight. I'm still not an angel. 
I'm under construction. I'm a works in progress. Say to your neighbor, I'm under construction. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, I'm not where I want to be. But I'm better than what I was. Amen. So family, as imperfect and as messed up as I am, and as messed up as I was, I was committed to serving Jesus. Amen. I was wholly committed to, to strive for perfection. As imperfect as I was, I was, did not settle for it. But I made a decision to pursue Jesus and allow Him to finish His work in me. We see that in Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you, God who started the good work in you, He will perfect it. Amen? But family, the only way that that can happen is through a life of being accountable. You need to be accountable for your choices and your decisions, especially the bad ones. Not condemned, just accountable. Amen? We need to be obedient to what God is telling us to do and not to do. Family, I to learn these lessons in life. Because God would be merciful to me on telling me what not to do. And I thought he was trying to take all my fun away. And, and just, you know, I, I didn't understand what it was all about. But only later, after bumping my head, a whole lot of times did I realize that it was all just for my own good. Amen. And then after that, then I started to learn to follow him and allow him to teach me through obedience the right way to go towards prosperity. Isaiah 48 verse 17. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you on the way that you should go. Amen. You see, serving Jesus is not being perfect and sinless. Serving Jesus is being committed and willing to obediently follow Him. Now, I'm going to show something very interesting to you. John 15 verse 3. Jesus makes this statement to His disciples before He goes to the cross. He says to them, You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. But now hang on a second, like Peter was there and all the disciples were saying, listen, you're already clean by the words which I've spoken to you. But didn't Peter in the garden of Gethsemane chop off that guy's ear? And I, I don't think he was like aiming for the guy's ear. Okay. I think he was like going for the kill. Amen. I think that guy must have just dodged him and, and, and lost his ear. That's pretty messed up to me. Amen. Didn't he also go on to um, renounce Jesus three times? He, he lied. He cursed. Amen. But Jesus is saying, listen, you clean. Whoa, I don't know. That doesn't really make sense to me. What do you think? Amen. Because you see, there's a big difference between being clean and being spiritually mature. You with me? So family, God knows and understands that we are humans, that we are flesh, that we mess up. At the position where you decide to pursue Jesus, as messed up as you are, and as messed up as your life is going to be, probably getting to where you want to be, you are made right with God. 
Amen? The difference is, you need to know that sin's not okay. You need to live a life of repenting. Amen? You mess up, listen, Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up, forgive me. And you move on and you carry on. That's the difference, family. And straight away the Bible says, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. You push the reset button, boom, and you start again. Until an hour later we mess up again. Amen? Amen. So family, that's why we have to be so careful to understand that being righteous is not to do with your deeds. Although God sees what you're doing, it's your heart attitude. Amen? Praise Jesus. Okay. So family, now we're going to get into the good stuff. Lay the foundation for you guys. So me as someone who has really sold out to Jesus, I've done my best to live a life of obedience. Yeah, messed up, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting journey, but it's been a constant struggle, you know. Look, from the outside perspective, you know, you, I, I, I seemingly live a, a, a good life and a luxurious life. I mean, I have all the things that, that might indicate that, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's never been a, an easy journey. You know, my, my problems, I still have problems, amen? It's just my problems are a whole lot worse than you. Your lack is a thousand, mine's a million, amen? It's, <laughs> it's never in that, in that position where everything is okay. And so many times I felt like Job that we see in Job 19 verse 20, where he makes a statement that many of you might know, and he says this, I've made this only by the skin of my teeth. How many of you know that statement? And after crying out to God for answers, he started to reveal this incredible message to me that really blew me away. And I believe that it's going to do the same for you today. Unfortunately, I cannot delve too deep into it, but I'm going to share with you a very, very powerful revelation. He woke me up one night. I listen to an audible Bible every night. And very often when the Lord wants to speak to me, he'll wake me up on a specific moment on a specific scripture, and this I've shared with you many times, it's been, been very, very relevant, because he confirms his word through signs and wonders, amen? And after asking God, saying, Lord, what is going on? I don't get it. I mean, I'm doing everything right, I'm tithing, I'm giving, I'm serving you, I'm, I'm doing everything right, but it's a constant struggle. It's constantly challenging. How many of you, am I learning this? Can anybody relate? To me. Amen. And he, he led me down this journey. So just stick with me. Follow with me carefully. Psalm 78. My people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things. Hidden mysteries. Things from old. Things that have, we have heard and known. Things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. This is a message for you. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. God is saying here, we must never forget the wonderful things that He has done. Through Bible scriptures for us personally and it's something we need to teach to our children. Very important. Scripture says God seeks godly offspring. Amen. 
Next, next scripture. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children that they would put their trust in God. And they would not forget his deeds. They would keep his commands. Can you see how important it is for God to build into the generations that they can trust God? Amen. That they would put their trust in God. They would not forget the things that God has done, but they would keep his commands. And they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and a rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God whose spirits were not faithful to Him. Other translations says, who, who were not steadfast, faithful in trusting God, in believing God. Not, not looking to their, not looking to our steadfast. Amen? God is saying that we must not make the same mistakes of our spiritual ancestors, the Israelites, by not being fully loyal and trusting completely and faithfully in him. So this, I must, I must not, rebel not rebel against God. Against God. I, must trust him I must trust him faithfully, faithfully and, completely. and completely. And God sees those who do not trust him and are not steadfast. Because remember, God does heart surgery. Very important. You've got to get this. And we need to stay on the operating table while God is doing the work with us. And if we know He sees it as stubborn, He's like, stay on the table. No, no, no. Get on the table. You are rebelling against me. Amen. We need to trust Him and we need to believe in Him completely. The next verse says, The men of Ephraim, though they were armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by His law. They refused to believe that God was for them. That God was backing them up. And in the day of battle, they turned and they ran. And that also disappointed God immensely. Because how many of you know there are going to be battles in life that we have to face? And our faith is grown and built and surgery takes place as we face these giants, we face these battles, and we see how God delivers us. Amen. He said, they forgot what he had done. The wonders that he had shown them, the miracles in the sights of their ancestors in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zion. He divided the sea and he led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. How many people here, God has got you through some serious stuff? Amen? He's really got us through some serious stuff. Amen? It says that he guided them with a cloud by day and with a light from the fire all night. He even split the rocks in the wilderness. And he gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag. And he made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against him by rebelling in the wilderness on the table of surgery against the Most High. They deliberately put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God and they said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? 
Can God really bless me in these economic times? Can God really fix the problems? True, he got me through some stuff. Yeah, he struck the rock and water gushed out, streams flowed abundantly, but can he also give me bread? And they say, can he supply meat for his people? When God, when the Lord heard that he was furious, his fire broke out against Jacob and his wrath rose against Israel. Why? For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance, his ability to deliver them from the wilderness. To take them through some stuff. They did not trust or believe in him. Amen. And so he gave a command to the skies above. He opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. And then he let loose the east wind from the heavens. And by his power he made the south wind blow. He rained down what they craved, meat down on them like dust. Birds like the sand, like the sand on the seashore. He made them come, it come down inside their camp all around their tents. They ate until they were gorged. He had given them what they craved. You see family, they were going through testing period. Remember, God was trying to lead them to the promised land. The land of the blessings. Amen. But before they got to the land of the blessings, He had to do a working in their heart. He had to take them through times of, of where they had to depend on manna. Amen. The Bible says that manna came daily. If they took that manna and tried to, to, to store it overnight, the next day it would all be fraught. God was teaching them, listen, you need to depend upon me for your daily bread. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says this is something that they had never seen before. This was supernatural. The supernatural grace of God. And God expected them through this journey, through everything that He'd done for them to grow in their faith. Amen? But they really offended God because in this testing period, they were not content with what God was doing and they started to doubt if God was able to bless them. Starting to doubt and starting to, to, to cry out for their cravings like we crave wealth. Like we crave a new car, like we crave a new house. And everything that they had been through with God, they were not content with this situation. Let's look at Numbers 11 verse 30, what happened. Stay with me guys, you're going to miss this. Stay with me, you're not going to miss it, sorry, Jesus name. <laughs> Numbers 11 verse 30, the message translation. A wind set in motion by God swept the quails in from the sea. They piled up to a depth of three feet in the camp. Amen. Three feet for as far as you could walk 
for a full day. All that night into the next day, the people were out gathering the quail, huge amounts of quail. Even the slowest person among them gathered at least 60 bushels. They, they just went ridiculously over and above. And they were all destroyed. Amen. They were not ready for the blessings of God. Now get this, get this. At any point, God was not only able to supply their needs, but He was able to supply super abundantly over and above everything. Right? You with me? At any point, God was able to open the windows of heaven and perform such an incredible feat of prosperity. Amen? You with me? At any point. Like in Ephesians 3 verse 20, it says this, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams and I promise you that scripture is true. Amen. So family, just like God is able to in a moment to absolutely pour out the blessings beyond your wildest dream but this is the question and I'll ask you this question today. If he does, what will be amplified in your heart? What will be amplified in your heart? Are you a lukewarm Christian? Are you a non-fire Christian? Amen? Are you greedy? Are you prideful? Are you still on the surgery table? Amen? Family, God is able to throw open the windows of heaven, bless you beyond your wildest dreams in a moment. In a moment. But He loves you too much to see you get destroyed. Now when I go through the trials of life, Lord, I'm not going to doubt you. I believe the scriptures are 100% true. But I know that I'm on the operator. I know that you are doing a work with me. What is it that I need to learn? What is it that has to come out of my heart? Amen. Because I can promise you, family, and I speak from experience, the best way to get an on-fire Christian that is not 50-50, that's not lukewarm, is on your knees. Amen. Lord, I have given up. Uh, Lord, I surrender. I have tried. Uh, Lord, no longer, Lord, will I play games. Lord, no longer will I question. Lord, save me. Help me. I'll give my life to you now, completely and forever. That's the best way to get an on-fire Christian. I know this because that's where I was. And until you get to that point, family, when you are all in and your heart is right and you're generous and you're dedicated and you're obedient, 
then the work is done and God is able to bless you. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. Why? To humble you, to test you, to prove your character and to find out whether or not you will keep his commands. Yes, he humbled you. Yes, you know what? You went a bit hungry. Yes, the month was more than the money. Amen? Yes, he let you go hungry. And then he bailed you out supernaturally at the last moment with supernatural manner. Amen? Amen? Something previously unknown. 100% supernatural. He did this why? To teach you that people, his people, do not live by bread alone. Rather, you live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, child of God, where are you? Are you still trying to live off the natural bread? Are you still trying to make a plan? Are you still trying to figure this out? Or have you learned that we live of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? And until you are in that place where Paul says this, and I'm closing with the scripture, Philippians 4 verse 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. And I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I know that I can do all things through Christ. Amen. Amen. He had come to that place where he was completely dependent and dedicated on Jesus. Family, listen to me. The Lord loves you so much. If you made a decision to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how messed up you are, if you made that decision and you're serious about it, and as you mess up, you, you, you're going to mess up, but you, you allow God to do a work in you, then you need to just be content in the situation you you, you, you're just in a wilderness experience, baby. You've got to learn to be fed with the manna. And he's bringing you to a position where he can bless you. Amen? And never look at it from a position to bring destruction, but what can I do? And always judge yourself. Hey, listen, am I on fire for Jesus? Am I real? Amen? Amen? So, family, as I end this, I just want to go over the last three three scriptures John 3 verse 1 says this now there was a Pharisee and then a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council this is a religious the most super religious person of the time he was a Pharisee he was a, a member of the Jewish ruling council 
He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God until they are born again. So according to Jesus, we need to be born again, family. Amen. Jesus is talking to the church. Amen. He's saying to the church, very truly, doesn't matter if you go to church, doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter what you do, you have to be born again. It's a technical thing which I can't explain to you now. The next scripture says this, well how do you become born again? Scripture says this, Romans 10 verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, God is saying it. What do you say? Jesus is Lord. You make Him your Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And listen, there's no doubt that Jesus was raised from the dead. It's a secular historical fact. You know, all His disciples, when, when Jesus was taken to the cross, they all scattered. They ran. They disappeared. But when He rose again and they saw Him, they were so sold out that they went to go spread the news all around the world. They went to Russia, they went to India, even to their death, even being boiled in, in oil, even being crucified upside down. Don't tell me Jesus never rose. Amen? Or they would never have done that. So family, if every head can be bowed and every eye can be closed at this moment, please. No one looking around, no one moving around. Everybody listening. Family, there's another scripture that I just want to mention to you. And it's Romans 8 verse 16. It says this. The Spirit Himself will testify with our spirits that we are God's children. So now I need to ask you this question and I need you to listen to your heart. Are you right with God? If you had to leave this place today, get run over, something had to happen to you, and you had to die, are you confident that as you close your eyes on this earth and open them and face Jesus, that you are born again? Listen to what your heart is saying. Because if not, friend, then I need to make this opportunity available to pray with you. And if you're serious about God, God is serious about you. And in this moment, you will be born again. And the Holy Spirit of the living God will come inside you. The Bible says He will unite His Spirit with your spirit. The Bible says that He will place a seal on you, saying you are His. The scripture says that He will rescue you out of the kingdom of darkness and place you into the kingdom of light. All you need to do is humble yourself. All you need to do is take accountability and reach out to Jesus and pray this prayer with me and allow Him to rescue you. 
My friends, nobody is looking around. Nobody can see you, but I'm going to ask you if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and you will know this because Revelations, Jesus says, Behold, I am knocking on the door. Let me in. Your heart's beating in your chest right now because you know the Holy Spirit is calling Perhaps you have served the Lord and perhaps you have drifted away. And today you want to make a new fresh commitment. You want to push the reset button. And so family, if that is you, with no one looking around, I'm going to ask you that when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. You might say to me, well, Pastor Cole, why is that important? Well, you see, if you can't make a stand for Jesus in this place, with no one looking around, you're not going to be able to make a stand for Jesus on the outside. Just something like and he made this statement, he said, If you will not acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge you before my Father. If Jesus could be nailed naked to a cross, so that you could in this moment be born again, then you have no excuses. So I'm going to ask you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, the Council of Three, to raise your hands. One. And I will pray this prayer continuously because I want more of Jesus. Now I know that there are some of you here that have not responded just by the witness of the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you another opportunity, family. So many people raise their hands. So the counts of three. One, two, three. So what you're in. You're in, Jesus. On my knees, Lord. So, family, keep your eyes closed. Focus on Jesus. Picture Him. He's here right now. Ready to rescue. Ready to set you ablaze. And I want to ask everybody to please pray this prayer. Everyone. Not a single person not praying this. Focus on him. Speak to him now. Say, Father. Can everybody please pray? Say, Father. Today. I hear you calling me. And I make this decision. To give my life. To you. I declare. That Jesus. Spirit, 